Chapter Five of Nobody. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Nobody by Susan Warner. Chapter Five. In Council. Sauntering back to his hotel, Mr. Dillwyn's thoughts were a good deal engaged with the impressions of the last hour it was odd too he had seen all varieties and descriptions of feminine fascination or he thought he had some of them in very high places and with all the adventitious charms which wealth and place and breeding can add to those of nature's giving yet here was something new a novelty as fresh as one of the daisies mrs wishart had spoken of he had seen daisies too before he thought and was not particularly fond of that style no this was something other than a daisy sauntering along and not heeding his surroundings he was suddenly hailed by a joyful voice and an arm was thrust within his own philip where did you come from and when did you come only the other day from egypt was coming to see you and have been bothered with custom house business how do you all do tom what are you bringing over curiosities or precious things might be both how do you do old boy very much put out just at present by a notion of my mother's she will go to florida to escape march winds florida well florida is a good place when march is stalking abroad like this what do you put out for i don't comprehend yes but you see the month will be half over before she gets ready to be off and what's the use april will be here directly she might just as well wait here for april you cannot pick oranges off the trees here in april you forget that don't want to pick em anywhere but come along and see them at home they'll be awfully glad to see you it was not far and talking of nothings the two strolled that way there was much rejoicing over philip's return and much curiosity expressed as to where he had been and what he had been doing for a long time past finally mrs caruthles proposed that he should go on to florida with them yes do cried tom you go and i'll stay my dear tom said his mother i could not possibly do without you take julia i'll look after the house and dillwyn will look after your baggage and who will look after you you silly boy said his sister you're the worst charge of all what is the matter philip asked now women's notions said tom women are always full of notions they can spy game at hawk's distance only they make a mistake sometimes which the hawk don't i reckon and think they see something when there is nothing we know what we see this time said his sister philip he is dreadfully caught not the first time said dillwyn humorously no danger is there there is real danger said miss julia he has caught with an impossible country girl caught by her fie tom aren't you wiser that's not fair cried tom hotly she catches nobody nor tries it in the way you mean i am not caught either that's more but you shouldn't speak in that way who is the lady 
it is very plain tom isn't caught but where is she she is a little country girl come to see the world for the first time of course she makes great eyes and the eyes are pretty and tom couldn't stand it miss julia spoke laughing yet serious i should not think that a little country girl would be dangerous to tom no would you it's vexatious to have one's confidence in one's brother so shaken what's the matter with her broke out tom here i am not caught as you call it neither by her nor with her but if you want to discuss her i say what is the matter with her nothing tom said his mother soothingly there is nothing whatever the matter with her and i have no doubt she is a nice girl but she has no education hang education said tom anybody can pick that up she can talk i can tell you better than anybody of all those you had round your table the other day she is an uncommon good talker you are you mean said his sister and she listens and makes big eyes of course nothing can be more delightful but tom she knows nothing at all not so much as how to dress herself wasn't she well enough dressed the other day somebody arranged that for her well somebody could do it again you girls think so much of dressing it isn't the first thing about a woman after all you men think enough about it though what would tempt you to go out with me if i wasn't or what would take any man down broadway with his wife if she hadn't a hoop on doesn't the lady in question wear a hoop inquired philip no she don't singular want of taste well you don't like them but after all it's the fashion and one can't help oneself and as i said you may not like them but you wouldn't walk around with me if i hadn't one then to sum it up the deficiencies of this lady as i understand are education and a hoop is that all by no means cried mrs caruthles she is nobody philip she comes from a family in the country very respectable people i have no doubt but well she is nobody no connections no habit of the world and no money they are quite poor people that is serious said dillwyn tom is in such straitened circumstances himself i was thinking he might be able to provide the hoop <laughs> but if she has no money <laughs> it is critical you may laugh said miss julia that is all the comfort one gets from a man but he does not laugh when it comes to be his own case and the matters have gone too far to be mended and he is feeling the consequences of his rashness you speak as if i were in danger but i do not see how it should come to be my own case as i never even saw the lady who is she and where is she and how comes she so dangerous to be visiting you all spoke now at once and philip heard a confusing medley of mrs wishart miss lothrop staying with her poor cousin kind to her of course mr dillwyn's countenance changed mrs wishart he echoed mrs wishart is irreproachable certainly but that does not put a penny in miss lothrop's pocket nor give her position nor knowledge of the world what do you mean by knowledge of the world 
mr dillwyn inquired with slow words why you know <laughs> just the sort of thing that makes a difference between the raw and the manufactured article <laughs> miss julia answered laughing she was comfortably conscious of being thoroughly manufactured herself no crude ignorances or deficiencies there the sort of thing that makes a person at home and au fait everywhere and in all companies and shuts out awkwardness and inelegancies does it shut them out why of course how can you ask what else will shut them out all that makes a difference between a woman of the world and a milkmaid this little girl i understand then is awkward and inelegant she is nothing of the kind tom burst out ridiculous but dillwyn waited for miss julia's answer i cannot call her just awkward said mrs caruthles no said julia perhaps not she has been living with mrs wishart you know and has got accustomed to a certain set of things she does not strike you unpleasantly in society seated at a lunch-table for instance but of course all beyond the lunch-table is like london to a laplander tom flung himself out of the room and that is what you are going to florida for pursued dillwyn you have guessed it yes indeed do you know there seems to be nothing else to do tom is in actual danger i know he goes very often to mrs wishart's and you know tom is impressionable and before we know it he might do something he would be sorry for and the only thing is to get him away i think i will go to mrs wishart's too said philip do you think there would be danger i don't know said miss julia arching her brows i never can comprehend why men take such flurries of fancies for this girl or for that to me they do not seem so different i believe this girl takes just because she is not like the rest of what one sees every day that might be a recommendation did it never strike you miss julia that there is a certain degree of sameness in our world not in nature for there the variety is simply endless but in our way of living here the effort seems to be to fall with one general pattern houses and dresses and entertainments and even the routine of conversation generally speaking it is all one thing well said miss julia with spirit when anything is once recognized as the right thing of course everybody wants to conform to it i have not recognized it as the right thing what this uniformity what would you have i think i would like to see for a change freedom and individuality why should a woman with sharp features dress her hair in a matter that sets off their sharpness because her neighbor with a classic head can draw it severely about her in closed bands and coils and so only the better show its nobility of contour why may not a beautiful head of hair be dressed flowingly because the fashion favors the people who have no hair at all why may not a plain dress set off a fine figure 
because the mode is to leave no unbroken line or sweeping drapery anywhere and i might go on endlessly i can't tell i am sure said miss julia but if one lives in the world it won't do to defy the world and that you know as well as i what would happen i wonder the world would quietly drop you unless you are a person of importance enough to set a new fashion is there not some unworthy bondage about that you can't help it philip dillwyn if there is we have got to take it as it is and make the best of it and this new fate of tom's this new fancy rather as i understand is she quite out of the world quite lives in a village in new england somewhere and grows onions for market said philip with a somewhat startled face no no said julia laughing how could you think i meant that no i don't know anything about the onions but she has lived among farmers and sailors all her life and that is all she knows and it is perfectly ridiculous but tom is so smitten with her that all we can do is to get him away fancy tom he has got to come back said philip rising you had better get somebody to take the girl away perhaps you will do that said miss julia laughing i'll think of it said dillwyn as he took his leave End of chapter 5